Episode 25 of Doc Fermento Discovers the World Chris Work Massive Action Plan Or is it Will to Live? One of the two. It's either Massive Action Plan or Will to Live. Because, well, the title of Chris Work's blog is ChrisBeatCancer.com Chris is a stage 3 colon cancer survivor. He did this without the use of chemotherapy. So if you're going to attempt to do that, you've got to have a will to live and a massive action plan. And Chris obviously has both. Um, I think he's an incredible resource for anyone with cancer or anyone trying to you know, live an optimum life and lifestyle. Um, from diet to, you know, and all the rest. He, he's r- really incredible. We're going to talk cancer, diet, nutrition, health, God, myth, raw veganism, clean meat. What else? Illegal foods, quit smoking, toxic poisons, carcinogenic chemo. I really hope you enjoy this show while you're listening Log in over at chrisbeatcancer.com. Say hello. Uh, You're going to love the site, and uh, hopefully you'll love this episode. Thanks for listening. Hey, Brian. Hey, Chris. How are you? I'm good. Great. Great. You got me. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So, um, I always just start recording as soon as I make, as soon as I make the call, just so you know. That's fine. And then I'll edit out anything you like. And, um, I'd let my people that are on my show know if, if you say anything you feel you know, that you want to say on this show at all. And then, um, if you want a copy of it afterwards, I even let, you can pre-edit it if you like, you know. No, that won't that won't be necessary. But I appreciate you, you know, offering. Sure, I just like to do it that way. Um, yeah, people take it then, you know, in any direction they like, and then you can retract it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, I so I did happen to. I just listened to um, the podcast you did with those the barbell guys. Yeah. What is yeah. that? Is that it's a, a gym you belong to? Yeah, that's a, that's a CrossFit gym um, that I belong to. Yeah, it's in Memphis. It's called Faction Strength and Conditioning, and they're they basically are the CrossFit Memphis gym. That's pretty cool. They were um, very interesting. I'll definitely subscribe to their show. We'll see yeah, what kind of direction it goes in. If I'm not into fitness at all, but um, they were real smart guys, and yeah, yeah, they had a good, uh, real passion for you know. You could just tell they were. Really engaged, you know, breaking the the mold of the stereotypical jock. That's what I see a lot in this whole CrossFit paleoized kind of world right now. So pretty cool. Yeah. So let's get into your story. Okay. Let us have it. Let's see. <clears throat> so I was diagnosed with stage three colon cancer when I was twenty six. And um it uh, it basically started with me having some abdominal pain that I that I 
tried to ignore for the better part of a year and it, it kind of progressively got worse and worse and it would uh it wasn't a constant pain it would come and go and um and so i you know most of the time i felt good uh, but then every once in a while i would just get these kind of strange pains that i thought maybe i had an ulcer i didn't know what it was but mm-hmm. i was just kind of thinking oh maybe i've got an ulcer um but it ended up getting bad enough to where i had to go see a doctor about it in the fall and um that year and they did some tests couldn't find anything uh and then they sent me to a gastroenterologist who did a colonoscopy and he found a, a golf ball sized tumor okay they they biopsied the tumor sent it to the lab called me about a week later and said hey you've got cancer and we're going to schedule you for surgery and so i was like okay mm-hmm. i mean you know it's it, it's it was very um just a very strange thing to happen to a 26-year-old guy, you know? Yeah, yeah. So at this point, you're just going along with whatever they're telling you so far, right? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. totally. Now, I mean, I had, I did have a background in you know, sort of health and alternative medicine because my mom's always been into that stuff. And um, But I, did, I didn't know what to do. I mean, literally, I was just like, okay, well, I guess I'll just, you know, have, I guess I got to have surgery. And they said, <laughs> said I got to have surgery, so I guess I got to have surgery. Right. And, uh, I kind of, you know, I kind of shut down emotionally too for a little while, um, because I was in shock and I was confused about it. And it was just like, you know, I think a lot of people, when they get a diagnosis like cancer, they, yeah, they just kind of go, they just literally mentally and emotionally just kind of shut down and kind of go into, uh, shock mode, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's like, you're not even thinking straight. You're just kind of kind of zombied out. It sounds like kind of like the stages you go through um, with dealing with death almost. Yeah. Maybe denial, you know, yeah. or, and then dealing and then, you know, coming to grips with exactly what's going on there. So, yeah. And, and trying to understand it and figure out, you know, okay, is this my life now or mm-hmm. what, what's going to happen? Am I going to be this, the guy that dies in his twenties from cancer? You know, it's like, wow, yeah. this is not what I was planning on my life turning out to be. So, mm-hmm. So anyway, yeah, you know, they scheduled me for surgery, and I had surgery on New Year's Eve Eve. That was 2003. So my, I've, it's been eight years. Mm-hmm. They took out a third of my large intestine, <clears throat> sewed me back up, uh, <clears throat> in the, um, you know, sent me home to recover. And told me, look, you know, the next the next step is is a year of chemotherapy. You know, we think we got it all out, but you really, yeah, you, you know, you got to do chemotherapy. That's just the next thing you're going to need to do. So, um, I mean, the the thing about surgery is, the thing about cancer is, you know, when you have a tumor, the tumor is not the real problem. I mean, the tumor can be a problem, but it's not the problem. It's just a symptom, uh, and. That's why even when a, a doctor takes a tumor out, they still want you to do chemotherapy because they know, even they know, that taking the tumor out does not fix you mm-hmm. uh, because uh, cancer is a systemic problem. And if your body is an environment where cancer can thrive, then taking a tumor out is just a temporary fix and you're going to get another tumor. So... That's what that's where chemo comes in. You know, they, they basically say, look, 
you know, you probably still got cancerous cells in your body and you're, you know, you're going to develop more tumors. So we, we got to kill the cancer that we can't see with chemotherapy. Okay. So that's their, that's their basic approach. So in my case, you know, there's a lot of different kinds of cancers and sometimes cancer is like, like a blood cancer. You can't remove the blood, you know, uh, sometimes it's not in a tumor. Sometimes it's like lymphoma or it's a, it's like leukemia. It's in the blood and stuff. So Anyway, some cancers can't be operated on with surgery and have to be treated with chemo. Some they can they can surgically remove a mass if it's not attached to a vital organ. But anyway, so they took out this lump that I had and uh, and some lymph nodes that it had spread to, and um, sent me home. And I had about four to six weeks to re- recuperate before chemo started. And uh, so in that time, my wife and I basically just prayed that, you know, if there was another way besides cancer, that God would just open the door and just reveal it to us and um, kind of lead me in the path of healing. So two days after we prayed that prayer, uh, I got a book on my doorstep that was sent to me from a man in Alaska. I live in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. I've never met this man. He knew my dad, and they were business um, business acquaintance, basically, mm-hmm. and uh, he was a client of my dad's. And this guy just had the had the nerve to send <laughs> send me this very controversial book um, that uh, that frankly I I don't even have the nerve to send to people with cancer you know <laughs> and I should knowing what I know but anyway he sent me this book and it's called God's Way to Ultimate Health and it was written by a guy who uh, had cancer when he was in his forties and that was in the seventies, right? So that was like 40 years ago. Mm -hmm. He had colon cancer, same cancer I had. Uh, and I'm reading the book and it was like, immediately I knew this was an answer to prayer. I was like, wow. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is exactly what I needed to read at that time. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this guy had colon cancer. He radically changed his diet and started juicing and converted to the raw vegan diet and just basically just started just pumping his body full of raw foods and raw usable nutrients and um and what happened to him was his body healed itself and he didn't even have surgery and he's still alive today and he's like you know a health his name is george malkmus and is he's you know like a health uh, a health minister i think he mm-hmm. calls himself a health minister or whatever but he, he's um very very influential guy he's written a bunch of books and you know helped a lot of people wow great story that's really yeah. cool yeah so he um so yeah, man, I, I read, man, I read that book cover to cover in like two days, and it's a big book. And was like, all right, this is what I'm going to do. I'm, uh-huh. I'm converting to the raw vegan diet. I'm going to start juicing, and uh, and this is it. I found I found out what I was going to do, and it was an answer to prayer. And I was convinced that, uh, you know, great, I got a plan. Uh, I told my wife about it, and she was not happy. <laughs> okay, at all. she thought I was nuts. Um, her family thought I was nuts, and they, um, I got phone calls and, and well-meaning people trying to intervene and talk sense into me and mm-hmm. tell me I had to do the chemo. I had to do what the doctors said and, you know, uh, alternative, these alternative therapies don't work, blah, 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 blah. And um, <laughs> that didn't help at all. That just made me even more confused. <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, I can imagine. <laughs> yeah. So um, my only ally uh, in the beginning was my mom. And I, I called her and told her what I was going to do. And she uh, she basically supported me and, and said, you know, okay. And and turns out she had she had a library of alternative medicine and anti cancer books and health mm-hmm. books. Like, I mean, my mom has like hundreds and 
she's not a hoarder, but she's got just like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of books. Like yeah. she's one of those people that just reads a lot and uh-huh. never gets rid of any of the books. Right. Sounds just like my grandmother is the exact same person. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. So as it turns out, she's got this like library of <laughs> books that I was, you know, w- was discovering, uh, and, and finding out about, and she already, she already had them. So it was great. So I, I kind of plowed through her library of books, and I just read a ton, ton of books. You know, um, books by Norman Walker, who's like the father of juicing, and um, Jordan Rubin, who uh, is kind of famous for the Maker's Diet. Um, he wrote another book called uh, "Patient Heal Thyself," and it was about how he beat Crohn's disease. I mean, that guy was on his deathbed. Mm-hmm. He, he recovered from Crohn's disease um, using basically what people would now call the Paleo diet. Interesting. Um, yeah, and a lot of a lot of probiotics and the paleo mm-hmm. diet, and he restored uh, his digestive system. Uh, it's man, it's an awesome book, "Patient Heal Thyself" uh, by Jordan Rubin. But anyway, so man, I just started researching and reading and trying to take in as much as I could. Converted the raw vegan diet, just went 100 percent hardcore raw vegan. I mean, immediately, no cooked food, no meat, no dairy, no processed food. I mean, literally, all I was eating was raw fruits, vegetables, seeds, mm-hmm. and nuts. Mm-hmm. And I was drinking about 64 ounces of vegetable juice every day. So every morning I'd get up and juice, you know. (laughs) That's a a few pounds of produce. (laughs) Yes, that's right. Several pounds of produce, mostly carrots, celery, a little bit of beet, some ginger root. And that was about my standard juice blend every day. Mm -hmm. And and I juiced it all in the morning and then put it in airtight containers and drank it throughout the day. And I did some juice fasting along the way where I would go for three or four or five I think the longest I did was about seven days of just straight juice. And I'm a real skinny guy. Uh-huh. And so I couldn't – I mean, you know, there's people that could juice fast for 60 to 90 days. With no if you problems, have yeah. a lot of body body fat and a lot of – if you're just a big person. But I'm skin and bones and I had been from the cancer and then from surgery too. So I couldn't go that long on, on juice fasting. But anyway, um, did that and then started working with a local naturopath, a doctor of natural medicine in Memphis – named John Smothers and uh, went, to, went and saw him and um, he, uh, I told him what I was doing. He said, great, that's exactly what you need to be doing. You're doing the right thing. And so that was ally number two. He was the first person actually that told me I was doing the right thing, which was like, man, I wanted to cry when he told me that. I mean, literally. Oh, yeah. Because I was, I mean, I was like a man alone. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The toughest part about doing doing what I did is, is uh, not having not having any support, everybody telling you you're wrong, and um, you know, not wanting to look like a fool and a failure, and especially not wanting to die, and everyone think what a fool. What a fool he was, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, He had everything to live for, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And it's just, it's just right. so sad that he, you know, believed that he could cure his cancer with some herbs or whatever. You right, know, right, exactly. Mm-hmm. So I, um, <laughs> so that, that was a big motivator, you know, I mean, I knew inherently I, you know, everyone has seen what chemotherapy does. Everyone. We've all seen the people on chemo that yep. have lost their hair, that they're yep. sick. Mm-hmm. I mean, they just are half dead walking around. Everyone has seen these people and I didn't know that much about chemotherapy in the beginning, but as I started reading and researching, I learned a lot, and I learned, uh, uh, you know, I didn't want to do it because I didn't have a good feeling about it. Inherently, I thought, 
um, man, I don't know. I didn't like the idea about poisoning my way back to health. I mean, I knew yeah. it was poison. That's all I knew. I was like, this is poison. Like it, like your hair falls out, you know, this is not, uh, I, I want to build my body up. Like I want to give it, uh, I, I want to give it the nutrients to, so it can repair itself and become stronger and detox. And yeah, you know, I want to, basically I wanted to overdose on nutrition. You know, it's like, what would happen if I OD'd on carrot juice, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And and surprisingly, I did, and my skin turned orange. That's that was the extent of it. Um, and there's a picture of it on CrispyCancer.com. It's like you know, I was freaking orange, and people thought I was like really <laughs> sick. They thought it was jaundice, right? Uh, and I was like having liver failure, but <laughs> I wasn't. It was just the carrot juice, right? But anyway, so so the thing about chemo is that anybody that um, Everybody knows it's bad, but then everyone also thinks, well, but you have to do it, right? Um, the reality is it's so toxic. It's so destructive. Uh, I mean, number one, it's a toxic poison. Number two, it causes secondary cancers. I mean, chemotherapy is carcinogenic. It will cause liver cancer. It'll cause brain cancer. It will cause cancers to uh, pop up all over your body. And and I've seen it happen over and over and over again with pretty much every single person, almost every person I know that's had cancer and done chemo has the same story. They, um, you know, they got the cancer, they had, they had surgery, they went in for chemo, they did some chemo, the tumor shrank or, or disappeared and everybody was so happy. Oh, the cancer's gone. Yay. Mm -hmm. And then a few months later they go in for another test and, Oh, bad news, the cancer's back, and this time it's everywhere. Yeah. And we don't understand how this happened. It's come back, and now it's worse. And, uh, you know, it's just we, the doctor's scratching their head. And it's, it, you know, to me, it's, um, it's, such a, it's such an unbelievable scam because the doctors act surprised every time. Whoa, gosh, we, we don't know what, what happened. They know exactly what happened. It happens that way every time. Yeah. Every time. The chemotherapy, you know, chemo is a catch-22, right? It's a double-edged sword because mm -hmm. chemotherapy will kill cancer cells. It definitely will. It will shrink a tumor. It will kill cancer cells. But the problem is it doesn't fix your, your body. It doesn't heal your body. It only destroys cancer while it's in your body. And in the meantime, it's also destroying your immune system. And it's causing secondary cancers. And so as soon as you get off the chemo regimen, give it a little time, and your immune system's destroyed, and you, cancer's just going to explode in your body. Yeah, especially if you, like you said, <clears throat> it's systemic. You have this environment that yeah. is, is, you know, is, is basically cancer's going to thrive in. Then, yeah, I can see when you, um, yeah, how it would just come back and flourish. So why well, why did you choose vegan? Was that just the only book you had? I mean, was that the only knowledge you had at the time? Um, as far as a yeah a, a diet capable of feeding the body without feeding cancer is this yeah. the motivation? This, that's a, that's a very good question. Um, so this book that the first book I read was about the raw vegan diet, and this was a guy who did it with the raw vegan diet. So I said, well, if he did it with the raw vegan diet, I can do it with the raw vegan diet. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like I don't. To me, I don't need a scientific test to, to prove something that something works to me. 
all I need is a real person that told me they did it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, so-and-so did it and it worked. Okay, I'll try it. You know what I mean? That was my attitude. This guy did it. It works for him. I'm going to try it. It makes sense to me. I totally understand that the body's designed to heal itself. I believe that, that the nutrients in food feed the body and support the body's ability to heal itself. And I, I came to the, the realization that I had not been taking care of myself and that I, literally my body was starving for nutrients because of the junk food and processed food and garbage I was eating. You know, I was eating fast food every day and microwave breakfast and dinners and you know, drinking Dr. Peppers and you know, eating candy bars and just crap. I mean, you know, just mm-hmm. pretty much every crappy food you can eat, I was eating it because I've always been a thin guy, never worried about my weight, kind of felt like I was invincible. So I was like, well, I can eat whatever I want. So I was a junk food connoisseur. Um, <laughs> so, so anyway, I did the raw vegan diet for, for 90 days, okay? And the raw vegan diet is a very powerful detoxification and uh, healing diet, okay? It's not sustainable for in the long run, right? But it's very, very powerful in the short run. Huh, yes. uh, interesting I, point. Yeah, and I recommend it for everyone. Uh, for a season, I mean, it will do it will do you no harm mm-hmm. to do it for a week, a month, ninety days. Uh, you will get really, really incredible results. Very rapid detoxification, weight loss, um, super nutrition in your body. But um, after ninety days, it, it, it the doctor of natural medicine that I was working with, he was looking at my blood work and my urine, my hair samples, stool samples. I mean, he's very thorough. He's not one of these kooky new age guys that was just like, you know, checking my pressure points and trying to figure out if I was getting better. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're mixing allopathic with, you know, alternative therapies. Yeah. He's a clinical, he's, um, I wouldn't say allopathic necessarily. I mean, he's definitely naturopathic, but he's very clinical about it. Okay. You know, and so he, he, he's really looking at lab work and he's looking at, at, um, he's looking at, uh, the entire body and not just from an outside perspective, but from an internal perspective, like as opposed like lab work, you know what I mean? Hair and blood samples and urine and all that. And even saliva. So after a couple tests, uh, and as I was going along and he was doing these tests and, and kind of seeing what was going on inside, he said, look, we've got to get you back on some clean meat. Hmm. You need more animal protein in your diet for your metabolic type. And so I want to put you back on some clean meat. And I said, all right. I mean, I was like, that's fine. I just want to live. Like, I'm, <laughs> I, you know, I'm not an animal rights activist. I wasn't becoming vegan because I was trying to save the planet or save animals. I was trying to save my own. Save your own butt. But, yeah, right. right. It was purely selfish, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it was selfish reasons. I just want to live. So, uh, so anyway, I didn't have any attachment to the raw vegan diet, although I felt great on it. Felt awesome, tons of energy, no problem there. Um, but I was really skinny, and I and I probably lost even more weight while I was doing it. And I'm, I'm sure I did. Mm-hmm. So I was the skinniest I'd been in years. Uh, and so he he put me back on clean meat about three times a week, like a, a piece of grass fed organic lamb, uh, grass fed beef, organic free range organic chicken, uh, or wild caught Alaskan salmon. Just a really nice clean. You know, not a factory farmed animal's flesh. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. So farmer's market kind of stuff and wild caught fish. So, 
yeah, got back on protein. He added uh, some cooked food back to my diet. So I went from about, basically about 100% raw, almost 90 to 100% raw, to about 70, 80% raw with a little cooked food in there. So at night with dinner, I'd have like some rice, you know, cooked brown rice. I'd have a sweet potato, maybe some cooked veggies, spinach, some um, squash, you know, just just your typical cooked veggies, yeah. piece of clean meat. Um, I, I didn't mention this earlier, but my for 90 days, I was eating t- two massive salads, just giant salads. And it was not a big bowl of lettuce. It was like cauliflower, broccoli, onions, green peppers, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, there was spinach and kale in there and other stuff, but just this massive, massive salad for lunch and dinner. And then uh, also, um, you know, lots of nuts during the day and then juicing all day and then making a a fruit smoothie with a fresh young coconut and frozen organic blueberries, blackberries, strawberries, and raspberries because they're the, you know, super high antioxidant berries and, uh, and a banana. So, you know, that was my vegan diet, right? Giant yeah. salads, fruit smoothie, and juicing every day. The same thing every day. And that's the kind of person I am. Just show me what works. Give me the same thing to eat every day, you know? Yeah. Like, keep it simple, and I'll eat the same thing every day. No problem. So, anyway, he, he added the clean meat back to my diet, and I just kept on doing what I was doing, but I was just eating a little bit more. I was eating meat now, and I was eating um, some cooked food with dinner and just upped, upped my calories uh, and that helped a lot. Yeah, I and, like this. Your your approach to the raw. I mean, I, I've always said I think um, a raw vegan diet is a is a great tool, um, especially since consuming raw grains is really difficult to do. So right. unless you're specially trained in fermenting or in sprouting, you're probably not even going to get them in your diet. Right. That's why I hate fake vegans. This boxed food, you know, vegan yeah. tacos and Tofurkeys and all this garbage is utter nonsense. But when you, what, what you're talking about, this diet, it's basically the paleo diet without the meat. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and these uh, essential fats and proteins. So, yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. I, I love this uh, healing approach in the 90 days. So, well, the, it's the, the raw vegan, obviously, diet is very different than the vegan diet. Yeah. A, a lot of vegans, a lot of vegans are what I call junk food vegans mm-hmm. they 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 go vegan a lot of them for the animal rights and the environmental angle yeah and and the cool factor of like oh i'm vegan i'm part of this exclusive group of cool kids right but uh but they eat they eat garbage i mean literally they yeah, eat they think they're in the, yeah they think they're in the no harm club and yes. they have no idea what they're talking about so, that's right yeah and they eat they're sugar holics they eat tons yeah. of carbs they eat tons of soy, they eat tons of beans, carbs, potatoes, grains, mm-hmm. and they're very unhealthy. I mean, and then a lot of them, you know, they drink Cokes and smoke cigarettes and, sure. you know, and uh, eat candy bars that are vegan or whatever. So, and they think they're healthy. That's the thing. They think there's a, there's a misconception in the vegan world that if you're not eating meat, then you're instantly healthier. But um, anyway, that's a whole nother. Well, when studies from Harvard come out and say directly that meat kills you, it can cause confusion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you well, can't and- really blame people. I've it, look. This has been a journey for me for uh, quite a while since um, last. Well, I started last January paleo. You know, coming from okay. vegetarian for a while. Yeah, and it's been a journey for me to just uh, 
shake off some of the guilt. I mean, I had to do some research before I even tried paleo. I was reading everyone, um, Rob Wolf, and mm-hmm. listening to podcasts, looking for a source for meat before I dropped my short-lived vegetarianism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Well, that you know, it's... Um... It's unfortunate, but what you see happening is that, that you, you know, it's the classic throw the baby out with the bathwater approach um, to demonizing meat, animal products, and dairy. Uh, because to, to the vegetarians and the vegans of the world, all meat is the same. And to anyone that really understands um, that there's a major difference between factory farmed yeah. meat yeah. and naturally raised grass-fed organic meat. I yeah. mean, the composition is radically different. And the, the more I, and there's that. And then the, my other perspective for me is say, if we ran into a bad situation, you had to pick a team to live with, say something happens. The, the, the way things work right now, the system collapses or something. Who are you going to team up with? The eight, say there's a, a community of 18 vegans, hipsters, yeah. Or a local farmer. Both of their doors are open. Which one are you going to run in? Oh, the <laughs> vegans, man. Come on. Yeah. I'm, I'm running in that farmer's door. I <laughs> know. Uh, because yeah. he, he knows everything from how the sun fuels the earth to fuel us. Whereas a vegan is dependent on a store, <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, yeah. so most of them. I'm not picking on vegans. I, I don't even want to do that. I'm just talking about like a personal perspective. You know, I got to. I got to look to the farm and I've learned a lot from my farmer. So man, I'm right there with you. We buy, we buy raw milk from a woman who has three cows. Mm. She milks her cows every day. Yeah. She, that's the idyllic situation. It's amazing. Really. Yeah. She milks her cows every day. There's about 12 families that pick up milk from her Our, We pick up on Monday and we get four gallons a week. Because I'm married, I have two little kids. Okay, we all drink it, and we get two dozen eggs from her a week. She has she has uh, chickens and she has cows, and yeah. uh, this lady is awesome. She's retired. She was a corporate executive, and then just kind of had this wild hair one day and decided she wanted to be a farmer. <laughs> and I literally, see, yeah, I see so many people moving in that direction. Yeah, yeah, and and I've gone out to her farm. I've I've milked the cow that I get my milk from. I've mm-hmm. shot video that I've have yet to edit and and turn into a blog post or something. But uh, I really, I've interviewed her and stuff and I, I actually need to do more interviews and, and kind of tweak it. Cause I want it to be really great before I just put it sure, out. There. Sure. Now, now what so are your, what's the legal issue? What's the legal angle in Tennessee? Uh, illegal is the angle. Okay, cool. Yes. <laughs> That's right. It's, it's not legal to sell it for human consumption. Uh, and you know, this woman, like I said, she's only producing enough for 12 families. She, yeah. she doesn't have any aspirations of being a big time raw milk producer, but I'll tell you something before her, we were buying from a sort of a raw milk startup and they were really going for it. Like, you know, they had these big trucks and the logo on them and they were called evergreen farms and mm-hmm. they, they had a big herd and they were producing a ton of raw milk and trucking it in and, you know, really making a go of it. And the, the Tennessee, uh, I don't know, various government agencies uh, kind of got wind of what they were doing after a couple of years and they just put so much pressure on them and they shut them down. Hmm. So you don't, there's, you don't have no provision for like a um, herd share or anything like that? 
Yeah, there is. Um, oh, okay. And that's what they were doing. Okay. They, um, you can, you can do the herd share or you can sell it as pet food. Right. Uh, another yeah. way to get around it. And some, some places do that. But the problem is that they, these, the group, the Evergreen Farms group, uh, it's just a family that was doing it, you know, but they, um, they just got, it wasn't that the government was saying you have to stop. The, the government didn't make them stop, mm-hmm. but they persecuted them and they put them under so much pressure uh, constantly. Yeah. And at every turn, they were like blocking them. Like, for example, sure. they would deliver to the uh, to the Memphis farmers market, and that's where we would meet them and get our milk every week. Well, then they they were also delivering to the Jackson, Tennessee farmers market. It's about an hour away. Mm-hmm. Well, at one point, the um, something happened where the um, Folks from the Jackson that ran the Jackson, Tennessee farmers market had to basically say, "You're not allowed to sell raw milk anymore because uh, some government agency or whatever has told us they're going to revoke our permit mm-hmm. if you're allowed to sell raw milk here." Sure, you know it's like stuff yep. like that. Yep, yep. And so they were just like, you know, kind of. It was like the death of a thousand cuts. You know what I mean? Sure. <laughs> so they just one day just threw up their hands. They're like, you know, forget it. Yeah, we're just, you know. We're not making any money, and we're running into so many, uh, so much opposition that just we're done. We're not going to do it. It's it's unfortunate, and I hear this a lot. This is what happens when you try to compete in a in a market where your your product doesn't belong. Your, the, that product does not even belong in the standard food chain. That no, product that, that product belongs in on the black market and with people who understand what's going on. You really need a a food economy. I've covered it a few times on podcasts and in conversations with people um, about developing alternative currencies, food currencies, barter, you know. Yeah. And I would love to, you know, to pursue a little bit more of the getting, changing some of these cottage food regulations and allowing people to make <clears throat> home-produced foods. But still, the, the milk one is a, is a major issue. And I, I see that one will probably tend to shrink over over the years, the availability of raw milk. Yeah, and there there are forces at work that are trying to regulate your ability to even grow your own food. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, ab- yeah, absolutely. And, and, and that's and, that's pretty scary. Yeah, for sure. They they don't want you to grow your own food. They want you to buy the food that they've grown for you for a profit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and so, for me, I'm not even thrilled with raw milk. I don't. Um, it's it's not my big thing. Um, I I like it. Um, I have a couple kids, so we get a little bit of milk, maybe only yeah. a gallon a week right now. I don't even, we don't even drink it. I will only ferment it. I'll either make kefir yeah. or yogurt or, and then, and then also I'll, I'll turn that into a cheese Yeah, yeah. or I'll get the cream and turn that into homemade butter. Awesome. But, um, yeah, what I'm concerned with is it's not whether or not I think it's the right food. I think it should be available. <laughs> You know, yeah. To anyone who wants it, it's, it's personal freedom, libertarian kind of thing. Man, I'm right there with you. I know. Well, so um, we've rabbit trail, but I guess to sort of sum up my story, I finished. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, I gradually added some animal products, like we're talking about raw milk and things, back to my diet, and kept up with with a you know a large percentage of of still raw fruits and vegetables for the better part of two years, 
and just kept getting blood work done every month and a cat scan a few more cat scans every 6 months and for a, for a couple years and colonoscopy uh, every 2 years and things like that and then as time went on it just my health got better and better and my blood work got better and better my what we found right after surgery my my white blood cell count was very low and um that that basically means your immune system is suppressed mm-hmm. when you have a low when you know abnormally low white blood cell. It doesn't mean that you're not sick. It means that there's some you know there's a healthy range and then there's an elevated range and then there's a suppressed sort of range. Yeah. And over time, my white blood cell counts came back up into normal range, but that took about a year uh, for them to kind of kind of creep back up slowly. And I did a ton of other. Uh, therapies and, and took a lot of supplements. I mean, you know, working with a doctor in natural medicine, he was constantly uh, prescribing different herbal supplements and different formulas and all kinds of stuff. And so from month to month, we we're doing different things and he's monitoring my health and monitoring the results and seeing, you know, mm-hmm. various tests to see how my different systems, my liver, my kidneys, my thymus, you know, he, yeah. he was kind of, you know, interested in all my organs and seeing which ones were. Did you find anything during this time that surprised you where you actually felt a, a boost or benefit from a very from a specific addition, whether no. that be a, su- a supplement no. or anything? No. No. There was not one thing I did uh, that made a dramatic difference that I know of uh, other than the radical diet change, you okay. know. Mm-hmm. And that's what I tell everyone. I'm, you know, people or people contact me, you know, through through the website Crispy Cancer and I mean, every day I'm getting emails and comments on blog posts and people want to know like very specific questions. I have cancer. What should I do? This, that, and the other. And, mm-hmm. and um, if, you know, the, the main thing I always try to explain is that the radical change of diet and lifestyle is foundational. And people make the mistake of thinking like, oh, there's this herb that I heard about and I'm just going to take this special herb. Yeah. Uh, that's a, not a good plan. Yep, I know someone who suffers with neuropathy and has di- diabetes or pre-diabetes and is morbidly obese. Yeah. And his friends will say, oh, you know, you should try some cherry juice. So yeah. He'll mix in some cherry juice. And it's like, well, you just ate, you know, two pounds of junk food within yeah. the past hour, and now you're going to drink cherry juice? Yeah. Yeah, you're you're in trouble there. <laughs> right. <clears throat> Well, that, you know, that approach is like, it's like fighting a fire with a water gun. You know what I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, squirting a little water on a fire will, will do a tiny amount of good. Very, very small. You know what I mean? Yeah. But you, you need a fire hose. You know, you need a mat or, or two or three or whatever. I mean, you need a big, uh, mat, what I call the massive action plan, hmm. you know? And, and it can't just be like, oh, I'm going to take these supplements and see if that helps. No, it's like radically trans. Hello? All right. Hey, you're back? Yeah, I, I don't know what happened there. Hey, it could be me. Okay. <laughs> uh, and by the way, I'm on video if you want to. Oh, yeah. On. I see you there. I've never yeah. used that before. Well, <laughs> here I am. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So, anyway... Um, let me try to backtrack. Uh, yeah, so just, let me, I, I just wrote a note. You said your massive action plan. I think so, that's pretty brilliant. Yeah, in, in order to, to, to transform your health, whether it's cancer or diabetes or whatever, you have to 
implement a massive action plan, a map, right? And the massive action plan has got to be radical diet change, radical lifestyle change. I mean, you know, hey, start exercising, start running, start working out. Uh, you know, eliminate all processed food, all junk food. Stop smoking, you know what I mean? Stop drinking alcohol. Uh, getting off prescription drugs is a good idea, although, you know, you're, you need to consult your doctor or whatever. Yeah, some will kill you if you quit taking them. Yeah, you, you, you got to kind of work with that. I mean, if you're on some very critical prescription drugs, you know, once you do everything else and some time goes by, you might find that your health has improved and your doctor will let you get off of them. A lot of people find that. I mean, heck, you watch The Biggest Loser. I mean, watch that TV show. You see people transforming their life and their health and getting off meds and get, reversing diabetes and all this kind of stuff with diet and lifestyle change. I mean, even even the wrong diet <laughs> even some, and lifestyle and, change. Yeah, and, even some of the wrong. But I tell you what. I mean, I'll give them some credit though. I mean, the, the Biggest Loser. They're they're pretty they're pretty close. I mean, they they really do promote uh, a really solid approach to health. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I, I wouldn't know. I don't watch TV. I've just heard so many people <laughs> complain about, uh, you know, the paleo low carb. I listen to all the low carb podcasts and paleo podcasts and things. So yeah. I hear these people complaining about the biggest loser all the time, but I've never personally seen it. So let's talk I, to this. You know, the interesting part about your, this massive action plan, the map is you have to have, and this I heard you mention on the previous podcast, a will to live. Yes. You're going to have to want it. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll tell you, I'm glad you brought that up because some people with cancer or other diseases uh, don't have the will to live. They just don't have it. And uh, I'll tell you something. Chemotherapy, and, and this may sound backwards to anyone listening, but chemotherapy is easy. What I did was hard. Mm-hmm. It's easy to just show up at the doctor, sit in a comfy chair, and let let them pump you full of chemotherapy. Now, it's not fun. You'll be miserable. Yeah, you're going to suffer. Mentally, mentally, emotionally, and physically, Mm -hmm. it's pretty easy because it requires no action and no Mm self-discipline, right? What I did required massive action and massive (laughs) self-discipline, and I had to deal with a lot of mental and emotional um, uh, resistance. You know what I mean? There's a lot of emotional and social pressure to do chemotherapy. And when you buck that, it's very, very hard mentally and emotionally. You know I mean? You really are swimming upstream. And so that I've always by nature been a little bit of a, you know, swim upstream kind of guy for lack of a better word. Sure. Um, I, I've never really been interested in going with the flow. I've always been interested in, in alternatives, right? And uh, <clears throat> so, um, so it kind of it wasn't that hard for me, you know. It, it fit my personality to, to buck the system and, and sort of rebel against the conventional uh, treatment for cancer, right? And some people are not cut out to do it. They don't have the willpower. They don't have the and they don't have the will to live. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, it's sad because I've counseled people and I can tell that they're interested in, in maybe doing something different, but they don't really have what it takes and they're not willing to do what it takes mm-hmm. to get well, yeah. to get healthy, because it means giving up a lot of the things that you love and, and sacrificing 
a lot of things that you love and opening yourself up to criticism, you know, from people that care about you. Yeah. Just like, yep. Your story, right? Just like it. Yeah, that's right. That's, and it's amazing. And some people, it, it, some people have a death wish. Um, and, and what they do is they realize that they're getting secondary benefits from being sick and they actually like it. And what I'm talking about is when you're sick, all of a sudden everyone's nice to you. Everyone, people start taking care of you. Mm-hmm. They start waiting on you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You, you're treated so much differently when you're sick and all of a sudden you get all this attention and sympathy. Mm-hmm. And believe it or not, there are some people that actually like that and want it and don't want to get well. I, 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 I buy that 100%. And also, just the realization, a diagnosis could be a relief for some person. Like, oh, I always knew something was wrong. Glad I have a name for it now. Yeah. And, a miserable and, person might say, ah, oh, this has been bothering me for years. Now, hey, I got to put a name to it. And it gives them some sick comfort. <clears throat> yeah, some comfort, and it gives them a kind of an excuse you know there are people in the world that are that that have lost the will to live life has not gone the way they wanted and the cancer diagnosis is 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 kind of like their way out it's like Mm -hmm. i'm exhausted i'm mentally and physically and emotionally exhausted with life and i i'm tired of life and this is a relief and now i can just i can just die you yeah, know, yeah, this yeah. is my way out. I don't have to fight anymore. <laughs> I don't have to fight to be successful or to be right loved or to to be liked or you know all those things that sure, sure life yeah. is made of. Yeah, I mean, my, my nature is I'm probably more of that sick, non will to live type person. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm yeah. trying to talk you out of it. <laughs> yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. The life preserver has been thrown. All yes, right, cool. Take it. <laughs> Take it. So, but yeah, so that's, you know, that is a frustrating thing um, for me and and for people when you're in a position where you're trying to help someone who's sick and they don't want to help, they don't want help. And I'll give you a couple of real examples that are real close to me is I've had uh, three family members diagnosed with cancer just in the last year. Whoa. And and none of them have called or asked or Uh reached out to me at all. And they're, and they're aware of what you've been through? Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. They yeah. know what I've done. They okay. know what I've done and what I'm doing. And that probably speaks volumes about that person then. You know, some people, they just, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to judge anybody, sure. you know, especially because sure. it's family members. But mm-hmm. for whatever reason, they don't want to know. They don't want to do what I did. They just want to do what the doctor says. And unfortunately, two of those three people are very, very close to the end. Wow. As as I talk to you right now, that's horrible. Yeah, and and it's tragic, and I hate it. And you know, like I've I've like one one of these people, I sent an email and said, hey, you know, I, you know, we have the same cancer. Actually, this is a same cancer. Um, He's a little older than me, but I said, look, man, this is not a death sentence. I believe you can live to see your grandchildren. Like, call me if you want to talk. You know, and. No emails, no response, no no phone call. Wow, that's, that's um, unfortunate. I, another family member, we we, we took her a, a movie that, that was about natural therapies, you know, just like, hey, maybe, you know, you, you should watch this. Mm-hmm. She didn't even watch it. Wouldn't, wouldn't even watch a little hour and a half movie about, um, you know, natural therapies and, and basically about what I did. Uh, I'm not in it, but you know what I mean? A movie that would open her eyes to, to yeah. that world. 
yeah, and just I, wouldn't even watch the movie. And so what do you do? You know, it's like, man, if you, if you won't even watch a movie it's that tough. I'm giving, I, trying to help you, then what can I do? Yeah, it's tough. I, when, you're don't, when you're talking about something that's life or death, you need to open your mind. Now, I can understand some stubborn person who is annoyed with the cousin who just found Jesus and is, you know, and um, is, um, uh, what's the term? Um, you know, being a disciple, sp- spreading the word, right? Yeah, sure. Doing their job. And, you know, and you're a person, I can see someone being completely annoyed by, oh, no, cousin so-and-so is going to be there, and he's going to be talking about his religion. I can understand being a little <laughs> close-minded to that person. But... Yeah, that's a little different, though, right? You, when you're talking about life or death, <laughs> yeah. I mean, isn't it now time to just turn on all channels? Like, try to watch every sh- channel at once, every pathway, every... Every idea, yeah. yeah. Right, and that, you know, that was my natural response, and, and it surprised me. I mean, I assumed early on that, that everyone would want to do that. Like, <laughs> oh, well, give me, you know, like, yes, give me yeah. some books, some movies. Like, what do you know about it? Like, I was, I was desperate in the beginning to find some real people that had beat cancer without chemotherapy that I could call on the phone and talk to, mm-hmm. you know, like, and and I did. I found a couple, two women <laughs> that I called and just said, "Hey, can you, you know, can you tell me what you did?" And you know, you know just because I needed some encouragement, you know. Sure. I needed to know that it was possible. Besides just like the books I'd read, like I needed to talk to a real person. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I did. And of course, that's why I put myself out there now because I know there are people in my shoes. You know, it's like the sure. shoes on the other foot. I know there's people that need to talk to me, you know, that need me to say, hey, you can do this. Like, you can wow. yeah. get well. Your body's designed to heal itself. You're not taking care of yourself. If you radically change your diet and overdose on nutrition, uh, you will be amazed at what's going to, you know, what your body is capable of doing. Mm-hmm. And frankly, to me, it's not a miracle. Uh, and people say this, like, why? It's, you know, it's really a miracle that that your, your body healed itself and that you were able to do this and such a miracle. And I'm like, no, it isn't actually, it's not a miracle. The body's designed to heal itself. Yeah. It's a miracle. If you make it through chemotherapy and live, <laughs> I'm serious, man. Yeah, yeah. It is a miracle. I mean, if you really live and, and live and live and live for years and years and, and, die, you know, of old age after going, after going through chemotherapy, that's a miracle because so many people I see that go through chemo just don't, they don't live, you know, a couple years or five years. I mean, like my, my cousin that I mentioned earlier, they gave him 12 months to live mm-hmm. with chemo. They said, if you do chemo, you'll have about 12 months to live. And he basically accepted it. Like he accepted that he was going to die. Didn't, didn't, wasn't putting up a fight. He just basically yeah. said, okay, uh, the doctor can, said I'm going to die. So well, I'm going to die. Can you, can you merge and do a chemo raw no. program? Nope. What? Let me finish this thought, and then I'll explain that. Explain why. <clears throat> but but he basically accepted that he was going to die, and then he um, uh, and, and just you know did the chemo and just followed that path. And and when they said he he has twelve months to live, I uh, told a couple people that I'm close to. I said he's not going to make it six months. Mm-hmm. It's been three months, and he's like they're expecting him to go anytime, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. within a week. Okay. You know, so, I mean, that, that happens all the time. Anybody you know that's, that is given, you know, six months to live and they do chemo, it's going to be three months. It's going to be half the time, maybe even a fourth of the time. So, I mean, anybody listen to this, 
<laughs> mark my words. Yeah, okay. This is almost always the way it goes. But uh, the thing about combination therapies like chemo and raw and mixing alternative and conventional, you can't do it because conventional therapy is so destructive. It's so destructive that the alternative th- little therapies you do, they're not going to help at all. You can't do the raw vegan diet with chemotherapy because what happens is chemotherapy destroys your immune system and they don't let you eat raw food when you're doing chemotherapy. And the doctors tell you do not eat raw foods. You have to eat cooked food and basically dead food uh, because when your immune system's destroyed, even the tiniest little bacteria, like there's no way they could eat the stuff you're doing, man. There's no way. Mm-hmm. You cannot eat fermented foods when wow. you're doing chemotherapy because all that beneficial bacteria and mm-hmm. probiotics and things that are really good for you can be, um, uh, can be very problematic if your immune system's destroyed. Yeah. Wow. So all of a sudden, mm-hmm. good bacteria becomes bad bacteria. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so, so, yeah, I mean, you can't, you can't do them together. And, uh, and, you know, and, and they send people on chemo, they'll send them home. They'll say, no, you know, just, you just drink some, you need to drink some milkshakes for the calories. I mean, they give the worst yeah. dietary advice ever. Literally, it's like eat ice cream yeah. and drink milkshakes and just go home and, and you know, tr- just tr- we eat whatever you can. Like eat hospital food at home. Yeah. I mean, eat garbage. They yeah. just want you to be comfortable. That's the thing. It's like, we're putting poison in your body, so you just go home and be comfortable and just try to get through it. And they're not going to encourage you to do anything difficult on your own. Uh, they just want you to sit there and take it and just endure the poison, you know, and and enjoy uh, the rest of your life. And, <clears throat> of course, sorry, okay. <clears throat> Uh, and of course my, my approach was the opposite, which was like deny yourself, you know, all the good food that I would, was accustomed to eating ice cream and cheeseburgers yeah. and barbecue sandwiches and everything else. Sure. All the high reward foods have to go first. Yeah. 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 You know, and some people won't you know, back to the thing. I mean, the, the kind of thing I was talking about earlier is, you know, and maybe you've seen this and I bet a lot of people that listen to this podcast have seen this, but you know, I've known people that have had cancer and went through chemo, and they wouldn't even quit smoking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, really, it's I've, like, hello, stop smoking cigarettes. I've, I've seen the. You, have you ever seen the TV commercial where the woman with the cancer is smoking through her trach hole? She uh, has a tracheotomy, and she's breathing in a cigarette through the tracheotomy hole to no. show the evils of cigarette of smoking. I mean, and you know, when I preach about health and things like that, I'm a smoker, and. Stop. I, and I drink alcohol. I'm not a good. I mean, I'm no. I'm no saint. I'm. The, I'm the bad case. I'm just a discoverer of things. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on look, a. I'm on a path. But, hey, uh, look, you're, you're smoking now. That's cool. If you get sick, man, you better quit smoking. Yeah, it's, you know, it's it, got to go. It's funny. I've mentioned this many times. For me, dietary changes are super easy. I could become whatever you want tomorrow. I could probably go raw vegan. Um, high carb, low fat, low carb, high fat, whatever in between. It's really easy yeah. for me to change that. Um, where I, you know, I know it's very difficult for a lot of people. Um, but I just have a, those vices and they just happen to be ones that will kill you. So, yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, that's just, enough about me. Well, you know, even the alcohol thing, I mean, you know, I, I stopped drinking all alcohol completely, but now I do drink some, I mean, I have a glass of wine every once in a while or a beer or something, but yeah, 
you know, I've, I've kind of normalized a little bit and, I've, you know, allowed myself to, to enjoy those kind of things every once in a while. But yeah. I mean, the main thing that I preach to, to people that aren't, even people that aren't sick, that just are trying to maybe improve their health is to look at the Pareto's law, you know, the 80-20 principle. Right. But, you know, 80%, well, let me back up. Right now, for the average American, 20% of their, I'm sorry, for the average American, 80% of their nutrition is coming from 20% of what they eat. Mm-hmm. Okay? So they're eating 20% good, 80% bad. Right, I get it. Mm-hmm. And what you want to do is you want to flip that. Sure. You, you want to deliberately focus on eating 80% super healthy mm-hmm. and that gives you the freedom to eat 20% whatever you want yeah and be fine you know are, are there eat. any are there any modern programs or words of of a that could explain your diet like paleo western a priceish or anything that yeah, you yeah yeah both i mean it, um the there's a book called the maker's diet Okay. That I read, and that's by Jordan Rubin, the guy that wrote "Patient Heal Thyself," that that beat Crohn's disease I mentioned earlier. Um, and the Maker's Diet is actually a diet that's based on the Old Testament biblical diet that God gave the Israelites. Okay, and um, it's clean meat, fruits and vegetables, preferably raw. They, but they didn't have to be raw in the Bible. But fruits and vegetables, clean meats. Um, you know, sprouted grains and uh, raw dairy. Okay, mm-hmm. that's also known as paleo now. Except paleo, they're not real big on the raw dairy. But um, yeah, it depends but, on the community. The primal people do dairy, but all of them yeah. would avoid the grains. Right. So I, my diet is basically, um, it's yeah, it's very Weston Price diet. It's like mm-hmm. raw fruits and vegetables, clean meat, raw dairy. Uh, little to no processed or junk food. I mean, yeah, I'll have a little cookie every once in a while or a cupcake or, you know, every once in a while I'll have something like that. Uh, I don't really, I don't drink Cokes or anything. And, um, but it's, uh, so, I mean, I'm, I'm not a hundred percent strict, but I'm very, yeah. but I am very strict. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, the only thing I would add is with, in, with, on the vegetable track there, that even the Weston A. Price Foundation would recommend some vegetables need to be cooked in fats, whether that be butter or coconut oil, to um, for the bioavailability of nutrients. Yeah, to help absorption. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I have no problem with that. <laughs> cool. No problem with that at all. So, um, yeah, that's you know, I guess I guess the Weston Price would probably be the closest thing. Okay. Paleo is real strict about grains, and I'm not crazy about grains anyway. I I just don't eat. You know, I I do eat like a lot of sweet potatoes. Mm-hmm. Love sweet potatoes. Yeah, they're popular in my house as well. I just yeah, like, discovered them. I always hated them, and now they're uh, like a treat. You know. I, oh yeah, I really, man. Yeah. We put I put cinnamon and allspice, Jamaican allspice. Yeah. On, and then some butter, mm-hmm. and man. It's, super good. Yeah, I did some for Easter, and I use I did uh, asparagus and bacon. Yeah, and that was that was great. Just made like a sweet potato hash, basically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm glad you said bacon because I really don't eat pork. Oh no, Which, no that that would be the part of the maker's diet that is <clears throat> the the only part that's different than Western Price is it's interesting because God gave the Israelites this this specific diet because He wanted them to be the healthiest people, you know, 
his chosen people. He wanted to be healthy. So they weren't allowed to eat any scavengers. So those are really don't eat scavengers. Hmm. And I don't follow it like in a religious way. Like okay. I think I'm, I'm pleasing God or something. Okay. I just follow it because I really think it's, there's wisdom. Uh, and, and actually science has shown that there is wisdom in that diet because, um, you know, pork is the least healthy meat, you know, on the planet for uh, a couple reasons. One, pigs eat their own feces, which okay. is disgusting, and they don't sweat. And they they literally a uh, uh, a pig is a is a like a toxic ball mm-hmm. of flesh. Like what they do is they take in toxins from the environment and they store them in, in their fat. Yeah, and they right. never release them. Okay, you know we humans sweat out toxin. You know, mm-hmm. you sweat them out, you pee them out, you poop them out. Of yeah. course pigs pee and poop but they don't sweat and so <laughs> they eat dead animals right so they remove dead animals from the wild mm-hmm. they um eat their own feces i mean it's just they're just <laughs> kind of disgusting I think rabbits <laughs> eat their own poop too yeah right and rabbits were not allowed on this in this diet either and so it's interesting um of course like uh in any any animal that's a scavenger so that would include oysters shellfish uh swine and, you know, it's, it's weird stuff like little rabbits and things that aren't that popular uh, to eat anyway. Well, they're, but, getting, they're getting more and more, especially in certain communities like prepper communities, farm communities. Rabbits are becoming increasingly popular because of their – Are so, they? Oh, yeah. Because they're, they're so easy to raise so many of them for yeah. food. And, they're you know, they repopulate like a rabbit does. And, yeah, yeah, they're getting to be very popular. Uh, these do- domesticated rabbits also solve the problem of what used to be called uh, rabbit starvation, where the wild rabbits were too lean. Oh. These domesticated rabbits are so plump and juicy fat, they're like rabbit bacon. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know that much about it, but and I don't eat rabbits. But it's funny you mentioned like scavengers and things, because often I've thought, maybe, maybe I should eat like a fox. I kind of like how the fox eats eggs and, <laughs> yeah, you know, well, raw the, the fox, and... yeah, the fox, um, you know, the big, the, the big differential, like, uh, in the, the, these commandments in the old Testament were any animal that would eat another dead animal was forbidden. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. And so that, that's like the, the, the dividing line. And so some, like a cow will not eat a dead animal. They yeah. Won't do I, I kind of buy it. Yeah. I kind of like it. Yep. And, um, and then if you think about it too, uh, like scavengers clean up the environment. That's what they do. Like shellfish and oysters actually filter the ocean. Mm-hmm. Like they they filter out and clean the ocean. That's what they're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, they're sucking in dirt and toxins and just matter that's in the water. And then when it comes out the other side, it's clean. <laughs> yeah. So, the only thing I the only problem I would have personally with that is that not all filters are toxic. Like animal uh, organs, organ meats, like liver yeah. and things, they're also filters, but have been shown to be extremely beneficial to health, human yes. health. So, yes. I, and, about, and, and I in the past, I've thought about that about oysters, mussels, things like that. I'm like, I'd, and I and I actually don't. I almost never eat those, but. I, yeah, I've never really. It was easy to give up because I never really cared about shrimp or oysters or yeah, I did that really stuff. But you're right. I, I agree with you on the organ meats. In fact, the Maker's Diet uh, is an advocate, like Weston Price. Oh, it, yeah. It's very in tune with Weston Price. But oh, okay, yeah, the yeah. organ meats are good. Mm-hmm. I don't like them though. I don't really eat them just because I'm not. I don't like liver. And yeah, I've had to learn a few tricks to get some liver in the diet. Um, one of them I'd share with you is um, you take a you get raw liver from a trusted. Yeah farm 
and um, you cut it into little pills, just like yep. a pill that you would swallow. Yeah. You set them on a baking sheet and freeze them. Okay. Then once they're frozen, throw them in a zip-top bag and keep them in the freezer. Okay. And then you can swallow them like a pill. Yeah. If They need to be frozen for two weeks is the general rule of thumb. Really? Why yeah. that long? Uh, for the bacterial, because they're raw, they're not cooked. Mm-hmm. And that's the general guideline is at least two weeks of freezing time. Okay. And I will, other thing I'll do, so you can swallow those down. And you'll know what size pill you can handle. And if you can't handle it, you know, you got to chop it super small. And then another approach is I'll use them as ice cubes in soup to cool oh. down super hot soup. I'll just yeah. toss a few in there and they cook to the perfect doneness that way. Now you're really tasting the liver when you do it that way. But just a little <laughs> bit. It's just little bits. So those yeah. are two tricks I use. I could handle that. Yeah, I could definitely handle that. It's funny because I did the same thing with with garlic. I would chop up whole cloves of garlic into little, like pill sized bits, yeah. and, and swallow garlic when I was doing some very aggressive uh, herbal detox fasting and things that required a lot of garlic consumption. I used. To, I've always done that when I get any um, uh, chest congestion or cold. Yeah. My grandmother told me to do this a long time ago. The only problem is when you chop garlic, it, it can get sharp edges. Yeah, so, I know. Yeah. <laughs> it can make it. You can choke on those pretty easy. But I've swallowed whole cloves for a year, many times. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's awesome. I um. Let me think of it. One other thing I was going to say. Oh, yeah. I'll mention this to you. One other thing about uh, barbecue is especially bad, mm-hmm. and you'll probably hate me for saying this because barbecue, by the way, yes, it's delicious. Right. But it's super, super carcinogenic because of the way it's cooked. Yeah, I, I no, I, I wholeheartedly smoke. agree. Yep, you're eating all that carbon smoke. Yep, and it's very, very toxic. Unfortunately, yeah, these AGEs as they're known, right? Huh? They're called AGEs. Yes. Yeah, the burnt parts. Yeah. Yeah, and we're the- we're adopting more slow and low techniques here at at home. I don't even have a grill currently, so. Yeah. Yeah, we don't have a grill either. We don't. We we yeah. <laughs> don't don't have a grill now. Every once in a while, I will eat barbecue. It's like you know, maybe once a year or something. I eat some barbecue. You know, so it's not like I'm I'm never going to eat it again or I'm afraid of it or something. But but you know, as a rule, I kind yeah. of know what it is, and mm-hmm. so I keep it. <laughs> like I just kind of keep it at bay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I I get that. Hey, you want to talk about something with me real quick? I don't know how much yeah. time you have left. What about some um, recent um, controversial alternative documentaries? I'm thinking of two specifically, Brzezinski and yeah. Gerson. Thoughts on those? Yeah, I've seen Brzezinski. I haven't seen the other one. Uh, okay. Brzezinski, here's the thing. I, I knew about Brzezinski eight years ago in 2004. There's There was the two big alternative doctors – back then that had the most notoriety, at least in the natural health world, were Brzezinski and Dr. Nicholas Gonzalez in New York. And uh, and so they were sort of on my, okay, if this doesn't work, that's the next place I'm going to go. Uh-huh. You know, was maybe one of those two doctors. So um, I have a lot of respect for Dr. Brzezinski, and he gets good results, but th- the main problem I have with Brzezinski is he's very expensive. Yeah. And most people can't afford that. It's not an option for them. And and I don't think personally 
I don't think it's necessary. I think you can heal yourself if you make these radical changes like I did. Yeah. That the body's capable of healing itself. Um, and so I don't think spending $40,000 at Brzezinski's clinic is necessary. Um, so again, I like the guy, I respect him, and I think he's clearly doing some good things and he's getting better results than, uh, you know, I mean, he uses chemotherapy. Mm-hmm. A lot of people think he doesn't use chemotherapy. He does, but he uses these anti-neoplastons mm-hmm. um, and he's gotten really good results with them. Mm-hmm. He, in fact, he and I are both speaking um, in New York in uh, in June at the Alive 2012 conference. Alive 2012? What's yeah. that? It's a, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a large, very large health and wellness conference. Um, there's a bunch of speakers like Dr. Brzezinski, um, Dr. Leonard, Leonard Coldwell. Um, I think um, who else is on the the, the roster? Um, I'm trying to think of some names you would recognize. Ah, uh, well, I'll look it up. Don't anyway, look it up. Yeah, yeah. Alive 2012. It, it's going to sure super awesome. And they, I was really really uh, thrilled that they asked me to be a part of you know be a speaker. Hmm. but uh that's in june i think it's june 27th 28th so yeah that's that's my take on brzezinski you know he's he's been persecuted heavily i think the movie's worth watching i think everyone should watch it because it's amazing people don't understand how uh aggressive the government and the american medical association mm-hmm. uh, is against that's what and i he, took that's what i took most away from the movie was yeah. the the government intrusion whether or not his medicine is sound needs to be uh, figured out in the marketplace yeah and they you know they stole they literally tried to steal his patents Mm -hmm. i mean flat out you remember that from the movie they the government took his patents and tried to steal them and record them yeah as their own it's like it's it's a pretty wild movie half of it you just can't even believe is this real and what am i is this pure propaganda i you know it's hard to sort out but it pretty much all that the uh the way the government was uh behaving is completely believable to me well there's a there's a really great development too last week that his case or maybe in the last two weeks uh the texas medical board took him to court again wow and but the case was thrown out so it was like a really really big win yeah for him okay good yeah and what about garrison have you done any research on on them no i haven't I'm surprised. I would have thought they'd be up your alley a little bit. What do they do? Oh, it's a holistic approach. Oh, oh, oh! You're talking about Gerson. Gerson. How am I? Am I saying it wrong? I thought you said Garrison. Like no, no, no Gerson. Gerson. Oh yeah, Lord Gerson. Man, I could talk about them for for days. I've seen uh, Charlotte speak in L.A. Okay, that's why I was kind of shocked. I like maybe yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. You know, no, the, the 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 beautiful truth and dying to have known are two really, really good documentaries. In fact, that movie I told you we gave a family member, that was The Beautiful Truth. Oh, okay. Yeah, the Gerson, one of the Gerson movies. And so what I did, I mean, you know, the raw vegan diet is basically the Gerson uh, approach. Oh, okay. Their approach is a raw vegan diet with lots of juicing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're still operating a clinic in Tijuana. um, And, you know, they've helped, man... I mean, thousands and thousands of people beat cancer through nutrition and natural therapies. So I have a huge amount of respect for Gerson. Oh, interesting. Yeah. 
Yeah, they're they're alive, and I mean, you know, she'll be there too, actually. Yeah. Okay. Charlotte Gerson will be at Live New York. Yeah, that's very interesting. I would highly recommend anyone check them out if you know for yeah for everything we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. You know his. If you if you research Max Gerson is her father, mm-hmm. and he was, he was the pioneer of this therapy and treated, I mean, just thousands and thousands of people. And then you know he since she took over after he passed away and has treated thousands and thousands more. It's like I mean they've really. If it wasn't for them, the guy that wrote the book that I read probably wouldn't have written that book. You know? Oh, I see. Yeah. So I mean they really laid a foundation for for. Yeah, I I saw the one documentary on them. That someone made. I I was never quite sure. It, he was it the Gerson miracle. Was it yeah, that one? I think yeah. He tried to s- sell it as if it were an investigation into Gerson, but it looked more like a TV, more like an endorsement commercial slash commercial to me. Yeah, yeah. No, that's right. That's it, probably. It was a little over the top, but that was that might have been be- the beautiful truth or dying to have known because the same guy made both uh, of dying them. Dying. Yeah, I'm not sure, but. That was my first exposure to Gerson, and it raised a lot yeah. of questions. And you know, it's good a good watch. You know, a, a, a good, good thing to check out. Yeah, the, the premise of the of the film is a little cheesy, and I'll, I'll agree with you because he comes at it from what appears to be an impartial position. This is best my problem. Yep. Yeah, he's like, I'm I'm going to investigate this and find out. Yeah. But you realize, like, he's completely sold on it. Like, he's a yeah. total believer in it. Yeah. And frankly, I think it would have been better for him just to be up front and say, you know, instead it's, of... Disclosure sort of, is always the key. I yeah. Mean, absolutely. Yeah. It helps. Uh, you know, he, he, he knew what he was doing. It wasn't like, I don't know. Yeah. They, it wasn't like they discovered this along the way. They, they knew they wanted to, you know, produce this, this film about the Gershon therapy and sure. go interview these patients that were treated and successful and mm-hmm. stuff and, Anyway, but it's still worth, you know, I uh, I own two of those movies because I think they're, you know, still valuable enough to show people that need just kind of have their eyes opened and like, mm-hmm. hello, there's another completely separate world of nutrition and natural therapies that no one's telling you about. Yeah, I love it. I, man, it looks like we agree on everything. It's <laughs> amazing. Let's find something to argue about. I know. Come on. I like a fight. Do you like football? <laughs> nope. I don't either. <laughs> I don't. I don't like pro sports, and I don't follow it. And I don't have time. Yeah, it's who has time? I don't know. Well, I don't, I don't know. Have... I've got a six-year-old son. He doesn't even know what he he knows nothing. He you turn on the baseball game, he doesn't even know the pitcher from the batter. Yeah, and I'm get, starting to get pressure from other parents already. Like. <laughs> He doesn't know anything about, you know, sports or, you know, and is he going to play soccer this year? No. If he asks, I'll take him out. I'll, you know, sure. But yeah. I don't know. He's an intellectual. I want to get him into MoveNet and maybe a martial art or something <laughs> like that. You know, I played a lot of soccer growing up and it was fun, but, and I like to play sports. Like I, I enjoy playing them and mm-hmm. I, I work out it. I do a CrossFit, you know, which is like a real sort of athletic style training, but sure. You don't have an, You just don't have time or interest in trying to keep up with professional sports. Gosh, it's such a time drain. Well, if you see the way these parents behave at uh, adolescent sports events these days, I want nothing to do with it. So, I've, I've heard people, some stories. People have lost their minds, and <laughs> I, I'm not. In, I'm yeah. not going to deal with the drama. So, yep. Well, good man. Um, 
I guess we can kind of wrap it up. Do you yeah. have any other questions for me? That um... Not specific. We covered everything. I wanted to see where you're at dietarily now. I like the transformation, the discovery path you went on. Yeah. Unfortunately, it took cancer to get you there. Yeah. But um, I love that you are spreading the word. And, you know, that's why I uh, wanted you really to get you on the show. Um, super, super interesting. Um, I'll send everyone over to the website, of course. Is it the best yeah. The best place? Yeah, the chrisbeatcancer.com is my site. And, you know, I, I basically, after seven years of being cancer-free, I was like, well, man, I should probably tell somebody. <laughs> should probably, like, try to help somebody else now. Uh, you know, I think I'm out of the woods. But um, okay. so I started that site, you know, last I don't know, over a year ago, and I actually I may be coming up on my, yeah, this year, we're coming up on my two-year anniversary, I think, this summer okay. of doing it, and, you know, I just started as a blog, just kind of share my story and kind of document what I did, so that, because, that, frankly, I just got tired of people asking me and then trying to explain it. Sure, sure. You know, in a conversation. It's like, I can't explain what I did in a conversation, that in a 10-minute conversation. There's just too much to tell. Yeah. So, I just like, look, I'll just put it all online and then people ask me like, yeah, here, I have this website and it's all on this website and go check it out. And what happened was, you know, within just a few months of, of kind of starting to blog and, and bit by bit, like putting my story and my strategy up there in pieces, uh, the site really took off. And it's just there's so many people out there looking for answers, like looking for this information uh, I mean, I, I don't promote the site at all, except for on you know Facebook when I have a new post or something or on mm-hmm. Tumblr. But I mean, I spend such little time promoting the site. I don't make money off of it. I mean, there's just not, you know, there's not enough. I, I ba- the site basically generates enough revenue to cover my web hosting. Right, right. <laughs> you know, so, I know, I would say to you, though, don't ever fear making money with it. Oh man, your work that goes into bucks. okay, cool. Because <laughs> your work, your work is deserved. You know of whatever you get out of it. Um, yeah, yeah. I would never want you to feel like uh, maybe I shouldn't advertise on here or sell or no. Go for it and help yeah. expand it and help it grow. And I'll do my part. I think it's fantastic. Um, that's no. how I found you was uh, through the site. So thank you for the encouragement. Because yeah, I, I I do agree. I have no problem making money if the site made me a million dollars, I'd be thrilled. But, you know, the reality is, uh, um, I do it because I, it's a passion, you know, because I, I feel like it's a ministry and it's, it's just something that I'm called to do. And so, you know, I, I kind of feel like I have to give that disclaimer because some people think like, you know, there are people that are are just naturally going to think that I just, you know, create a website and I'm trying to make money off my site and make money off people with cancer or something. And, and the reality is, Look, I have no problem making money, uh, you know, doing something worthwhile. I mean, frankly, what's better? Is there any better way to make money in the world than helping people? Than helping people? Oh, yeah, that's no. fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, but I, you know, unfortunately, I'm not making any, but. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, I have a little bit of a problem with Dr. Mercola, but it's not because yeah. he makes whatever insane amount of money he makes per year. It's because he's an alarmist, and I don't like his method or his technique. That's all. It, yeah, you know, he's got some really good content. He does. I, he really does. Like, but. There's some borderline alarmist stuff that, yeah. you know, they're trying to keep keep people interested, and yep. you know, they're they're when you when you're trying to post two or three articles a day every day, it's like, man, 
it just turns into a machine. Sure. And he's definitely got a machine over there. But, but anyway, so yeah, you know, the site is just, it's been really great because people from all over the world, you know, are reaching out to me. They're posting, like there's a section on there, anybody that is interested, there's a section on there where natural survivors post their stories on my site so I can share them. And then I've got people that have beat cancer with cannabis oil and people that, you know, have done natural therapies and all kinds of things different than I did mm-hmm. and, and, you know, other natural therapies. And so I, I haven't cornered the market by any means on the yeah. uh, natural therapy method, but um, there's, there's common threads through all the, all the natural therapies that, I, that, uh, um, that are out there. And, and most of them revolve around a radical change of diet and lifestyle. Do you get a lot of detractors at all? Like people who'll say, yeah. "Well, yeah, you're only hearing you're hearing a lot from people who survived doing a natural approach, but what about all the dead ones?" Yeah, yeah, I get that. <laughs> I'd say, man, there's 10 100 times more dead people that went through chemotherapy that didn't make it than a natural approach. <laughs> yeah, it's not even close. Yeah. It's 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 like fractional how hmm. how many people have died using natural therapies compared to the ones that have died at the hands of chemo and radiation and surgery. Mm-hmm. I mean, chemotherapy, I mean, you know, most people that die of cancer, they don't die of cancer. They die of chemotherapy treatments. You know, the chemotherapy is what kills them. And you mm-hmm. ask any fa- any family member of somebody that died and they'll tell you that the, that is the exact same thing because they watch them. You know, they're watching their family members die and they're yeah. watching the chemotherapy kill them. You know, they, they know what's killing them and it's not the cancer. I mean, anybody that has cancer, frankly, and I think I'll end with this because it's really good to keep in mind, if anybody listening to this has cancer or knows anybody that has cancer, you don't have to be afraid of it. It's not a death sentence. Cancer is a wake-up call. If you have a lump or a bump, this is a wake-up call. That means you're not taking care of yourself, and you need to make some serious changes in your life. You don't have to rush to surgery. You don't have to rush to chemo. Uh, You know, in most cases... You have time. Uh, there are some rare cases where, you know, a tumor maybe is blocking your esophagus or something, and you know, mm-hmm. there's a serious threat. That's a little different. But sure. most cases, like I mean, breast cancer, for example, you've got a lump in your breast. My mom had a lump in her breast for years, like ten years. Mm-hmm. Tried a lot of different things. It never grew. Just, just kind of lived with it, and then one day it was gone. Wow. So, you know, that, that's, you know, one, there's so many things I want to tell people, but anyway, just to leave them with that is if you have cancer or know somebody, don't be, doctors will use fear to motivate you to take quick action. And the reality is you don't have to rush into anything, but you do need to make some serious, uh, thoughtful and disciplined changes in your life. Um, you know, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, physically, mm-hmm. you know, you, you have to address all those issues. Sure. And um, because uh, emotions and stress and, and just living your life in a bad way, that can make you sick. I mean, stress stress suppresses your immune system. And so there's there's other factors involved besides just the diet. But you just have to like – it's a massive action plan. Like you have to address yeah, – I'm, I'm just going to struggle tonight whether to call this episode massive action plan or will to live. <laughs> those are the two that really kicked my butt i love the massive action plan i love the what you just ended the show with there perfect thanks for your time chris i'll have all the and show links up thank you thanks yeah. for having me I, man i just appreciate you letting me tell my story 
I love it. And um, thanks again, and good night. Good night, Brian. All right. Bye now. Bye. Alright, ads and thoughts. So, if you're not familiar yet, um, we have a special offer with audible.com. It's a 30-day free trial. You can get a free audiobook at audible.com forward slash docfermento. Contact me for details or read the details there on the page so that you're familiar with just what the program is. Basically, there really is a free book offer available to you, and it will turn into a $15 a month subscription after that 30 days. So just be mindful of that. Read the details, like I said, or contact me. That's fine. I'll talk to you about it. I love it. I listen to audiobooks all the time. What else? I have the Squatty Potty ad on the front page of my website at askbrian.com. Uh, click the link and check out the Squatty Potty. The videos are really funny. I don't care if you buy one or not. Just use a stool like I do at home. Um, what else? You know, I never ask this, but if you could just rate and or review the show on iTunes or whatever, um, whatever service you're using to listen to podcasts... It, uh, it appears like 80% of the listeners are on iTunes, um, so that would be good at iTunes. Just um, say if you were using your phone, you do it right through um, the iTunes app while you're listening to the podcast. That's where you rate. It's kind of confusing. If you go to the site, it, you can't rate and review there, but you can do it on your phone and you can do it through iTunes on your computer. So however you listen to the music, um, if you could just give a rating, a review would be awesome. I don't expect anyone to do that. But just clicking a star button is, is, is great. You know, one star, five star, or whatever in between. And I think that's about it. Tell your friends and neighbors. Post it on your blog. Don't forget to tweet about it. You know, I could use a little promotion help. I think that's it. And um you know thanks again for listening. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. Talk to you soon. Bye. Walking down the road and I picked up a little boat and I made me a seat and everybody I meet wanted to know how many could sit on that seat. Some says one, I says more yet. Some said two, I says more yet. Some said three, and it's more yet. Some said four, and it's more yet. Some says five, and it's more yet. Some says six, and it's more yet. Some says seven, and it's more yet. Some said eight, and it's more yet. Some says nine, and it's more yet. Some says ten, and that's more yet, and that was the end of my friend. And all the man could sit on that boat was name was more yet. 
and his name was a Mo Yeti, and it's Mo Yeti. It was Mo Yeti. <laughs>